Welcome to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with me, Shelley Fischel of Tomorrow's VA and Joe Brianti of JLB Business Consulting. Each week we chat with amazing guest experts all aimed at helping you grow your VA business. So sit back, grab a cuppa and tune in for a fun-filled episode. Hello listeners, welcome back to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants. And once again, Joe and I are absolutely thrilled to be back with you for another Monday motivational podcast. Today, we are going to be talking to the magnificent Lucy Brazier a little bit later. And we're going to let her introduce herself because I think she doesn't really need much introduction. Certainly if you're a PA or an EA and are listening in, you will know who Lucy is and most of the VAs will also know Lucy. Lucy is passionate about developing assistance in all their roles. So I'm really looking forward to talking to her. But in the meantime, Joe, what should we chat about? Oh, so <laughs> let's think. Gosh, there's so much. We, uh, there's so much to, to talk about, isn't there? Um, I know that you've got lots of exciting projects coming up with uh, book writing and things about like that. So why not tell us a bit more about those books and what sort of things they are and where we can get them? Okay, so <clears throat> I have an online publisher called BookBoon, B-O-O-K-B-O-O-N.com, and currently I have 49 titles there. Now, that doesn't mean there are 49 different titles. There are 14 or possibly 15 basic titles which have been translated into other languages. So I've been translated some into French, some into Spanish, some into Czech, uh, all sorts of Dutch, I think. Um, so it adds up to 49 and uh, the latest book that went up there as you know was Teams because I talked about it ad nauseum when I was writing it and um, I've realized that of Outlook 20, 2013 I saw a notification from Microsoft a couple of weeks ago that that is um, going to be out of support probably towards the end of 2021 which made me think about the books that I have written and also the versions of Office. Um, because as you know, historically, Microsoft have brought out a new version every couple of years. And the rationale behind Office 365 was to stop that, was to make people subscribe to the software, which is, you know, obviously that's recurring revenue for them. The software as a service model, which makes sense. You pay a bit less, and you pay, but you're always paying. Whereas before you had a version which sat on your desktop until it was out of date and then you had to buy a whole new version. And often your laptop couldn't cope with it so you'd need to go out and buy a new laptop and it was a whole vicious cycle. So they, they brought out the subscription which coincides with all the 365 functionality. So connecting to OneDrive, connecting to SharePoint, Teams integration, all the online versions of Office. So. I sat back and I thought about the books titles that I have on BookBoon and realized I've got Office 2013, Office 2016 and Office 2019. That's how I get to 49 books. Yeah. Um, so there's uh, Word, Excel, there's two Excel books, part one, part two, PowerPoint. And the, the books were written to the Microsoft Office um, certification, Moz. Oh, yeah. Yep. yep. So I took the objectives for Mars and wrote the books according to that. So if you went through the book from cover to cover 
and practiced all the things in there, you should be able to pass the MOZ exam in that topic. I haven't done the latest version, which is now Office 365. So that's what I'm proposing is to rewrite all of them, which is a mammoth project. Um, I was talking to the publishers yesterday and I'm gonna wait to see um, what they come back with. But it's a big, big job because I want to include in the books the web versions as well. Or it may be that I decide I do a mini web version that goes alongside the desktop version, I don't know. But I love writing for BookBoom because they're really easy to deal with. And I then don't have to worry about the selling side of the books. They do that. And I just get a royalty check twice a year, which, you know, OK, it's probably not as much as I'd earn if I wrote them myself. And well, mm. I do write them, but if I disseminated them myself, but I don't have the reach that they have. So it's um, it makes sense. So so that's one really mahusive project that I've got on at the moment. Um, I'm also um, this uh, this episode's going out in March. So hopefully by the time this goes out, this project will have been done and dusted and out there uh, creating a new PowerPoint course, the only PowerPoint course you're ever going to need. And uh, so so that's that's going OK. I've started on that. And there are various other things. We've got podcasts, record and edit. We've got yep. all that other ancillary stuff that goes with running a business. Uh, and I'm trying to streamline my marketing. So, you know, we've talked about marketing and last week we talked about in the episode with Daniel at the end, we talked about consistently showing yeah. up and marketing your business. And I'm trying to embody all of that in what I do now. Um, this year, I've decided it's going to be a big year for tomorrow's VA. That's it. It's going to happen. Brilliant. <laughs> Gosh, uh, that's so much on your plate, isn't it? It is. It is. And thankfully, I have, you know, people to call on who can help me with various things as they crop up. And there's also one other big thing, which I'm not going to talk about yet because I haven't. I'm just going to tease you all. Uh, mm. I haven't fleshed it out yet, but that's going to be really good. And that's that's the thing that's getting me the most excited at the moment. So yeah. um, I'll talk about that once I've firmed it up and can make an announcement about that. So, Joe, what have you been up to or what are you up to? So um, since I passed my data protection officer qualification last year, I've started to move um, more away from kind of like the administration type support activities. Um, I've started working with um, a couple of solicitors um, doing data audits and our, my work is much more focusing now around privacy, data protection, um, and I'm looking at my next sort of up-leveling of skill in this area and um, just looking at a range of sort of training options around the next level of, of training um, and considering, including in that, um, there's a degree offered by um, one of the London universities that specialises just in privacy um, and privacy legislation. So I'm looking at that. I don't know whether I quite meet the entrance criteria, but it's one of those things where if you don't ask, you don't get. So I'm looking into it. That may or may not come off, but that's not until later in the year. But in the meantime, it's just focusing on, um, yeah, just moving more of my business into sort of data audit, impact assessment type work. 
That's brilliant. That's brilliant. So, so how are you? So, are you targeting solicitors then in your marketing efforts? I'm going to embarrass you now and ask you. Um, no, not 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 specifically. Um, I'm partnering with a couple of solicitors because they are providing legal expertise to clients, but they don't necessarily want to go and do a data audit yeah. for a client. Right. So. Um, it, and, and I haven't targeted them at all. It's just come naturally out of conversations within my network. So I've had a couple of sort of referrals to do, the, if you like, the administrative end, whereas they then do the legal elements of making the recommendations because I'm not a data lawyer. No. Um, so I just go in and I look at, it, it, it's a fairly straightforward process and you tick, 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 yes, you've got, yes, you've got, needs amendment and that kind of stuff to do the audit, really. Yeah, that's brilliant. I'm actually in the process of re-evaluating all my um, GDPR stuff, all my terms, my mm. policies, cookie policies, privacy policies, terms yes. and conditions, term, website terms, terms of booking me for live virtual yeah. training or buying my training. And in fact, I'm talking. I'm talking to Coffee Clatch about yes. dating all of yeah. my policies because they've done everything for me up yeah. to now, and they're brilliant. Yeah. So, um, I've got a call with Christopher next week, all about yeah. tweaking all my policies to make yeah. them. Yeah, because it's an ongoing process, isn't it? Things change, and you do need to go back and look at it again, and make sure oh. that you're sticking with the rules. And now I live abroad, so yeah. I don't live in the UK. I'm in Israel, so you know obviously some things may be slightly different as well for me yeah. because I'm not, although my company is registered in the UK, I'm not sitting in the UK. My data isn't sitting. Yeah. Well, no, my data is in the UK. I don't yeah. know. They will tell yeah. me what to yeah. do. That's, that's yeah. what I like best about yeah. it. Somebody else can tell me what to do. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm also providing support through Annabelle's um, GDPR program for, um, the, the GDPR group she set up for coaches yeah. and VAs and that sort of thing. So I help her with supporting in that group as well. So yeah, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Okay. Well, I think we've both established that we're quite busy, aren't we? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you've also got homeschooling on top of all of that. So yeah. take my hat off to you, really, if I had <laughs> one on right now, I'll take it off. Um, I think that's incredible. But I think now it's time to get ready to welcome Lucy Brazier of yeah. Marcham Publishing and Executive Secretary Magazine onto the podcast. And uh, I'm looking forward to a really lovely chat with Lucy. Welcome, listeners, to our episode of Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants. And with us today is the wonderful Lucy Brazier. And if you're an EA or a PA, and most VAs, Lucy needs no introduction. So I'm going to ask Lucy to introduce herself and tell you who she is and what she's all about. So over to you, Lucy. Thank you so much, Shelley. So I guess for those of you that don't know me, I am the CEO and um, publisher of Executive Secretary magazine. Um, March and Publishing is the company. Um, and we publish a magazine which goes out globally to executive assistants and personal assistants and management assistants and any other assistants that you want to call it. In fact, we found 162 job titles in this marketplace so far. So um, whatever you are calling yourself today, that's what um, we do. We support you with the magazine, but also with training and conferences and training in whatever format you want it. Yeah, that's that's great. And I, I've been party to that because I, uh, 
I presented at XXX Tech, which I still feel I need to put my teeth in when I say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite a tongue twister. So Lucy, how did you get to be a champion of assistance in general, executives, PAs, VAs, whatever? What made you focus there? Um, well, actually, I had been in publishing since I was 18, and I've just wow. turned 51, and the magazine's now been running for the last 10 years. Um, and initially, as a publisher, because I had been a publishing director for a very large um, publishing company, I was looking after about 13 magazines and all the events that went alongside that, and um, burnt out in 2010, um, and went into the office one day, sat and looked at the computer, thought, you know, I really can't do this today. And I really wasn't very well. I went home, the doctor put me on sleeping tablets and said, you're just exhausted. Um, and between us, my husband and I have seven children. And I sat at home thinking, what can I do that I can do from home? And I'd owned this newsletter for assistance since 2003 that we'd put out quarterly. And my husband said, why don't you take a look at that and see whether that could be turned into a proper magazine? That could be something you could do from home. Well, I already knew that assistants and office workers made up a fifth of the world's working population. So that's about half a billion people worldwide. So as a wow. publisher, obviously, I was sitting there thinking, well, yes, that's quite a nice market that might keep me ticking over. And I thought it would be something that would give me work-life balance. Ah, that was <laughs> Anyway. Um, so I started it and it was going relatively well, um, very gently. And then four months after I started, I was invited to Milan to speak at a conference for assistants and just was blown away by the women and the occasional man that I met there um, who were just so passionate about their careers, but had absolutely no clue how to have those conversations going up you know, doing mm. their voice and explaining what it was that they needed or explaining how vital they were to their business, actually. They didn't quite work, understand how they fitted in. And then I kind of had this da -da -da moment. Um, then I came back to the UK and I went on Susie Baron Stubley's two-day PA retreat. Do you remember Susie? I'm sure. No. Well, Susie Baron Stubley in her time was the top trainer in the world for assistance. Um, and sadly, she died about five years ago. Um, but in her time, I mean, she really was the most incredible forward-thinking visionary trainer. And I went on her course because she said, come, see if you can get any ideas for articles and things. And I sat there and I listened. Oh, my word. She only did PA retreats for the top, top PA. So the ones working for Blue Chips and for the C-suite. And there were 14 of them around the table. And I very, I guess... Oh, I, I went there thinking, oh, I've been in business 24 years at that point. What am I going to learn? It'll be nice. I'll get some ideas. And came away just going, oh, my gosh, this is just the most incredible group of women. And just thinking, actually, somebody needs to advocate for them. So that year I did four, four events. Um, they were in Europe and it was good. Next year. Um, I went and saw a lady called Kim Gast, who you might know, who is the yes. top LinkedIn lady in the world, who gave me some tips on how you change um, the title underneath your name to make sure that you're getting the business you want. So the next year, I think I did 26 speaking engagements. Last year was something ridiculous, like 183 in 42 countries. And the more assistants I've met, 
the more passionate I've got about it. The more I can see very clearly what needs to be done, it's just there's so much work. And so we've kind of gathered people as we've gone. When I started traveling the world, I found pockets of people who were doing the most amazing work in their countries, but who weren't aware that there was exactly the same work going on all the way around the world. Mm -hmm. And in fact, in 2018, when we did World Administrators Summit, which was, well, that's been going since 1991, every three years, yeah. but it's like the G8 for assistance. <laughs> I turned up at that and the heads of associations from all over the world were there and saying, hi, so nice to finally meet you. And it was amazing because all these people I'd worked with all over the world and had connected so that they could all work together, which is why our hashtag, by the way, is hashtag one profession, one voice. Yeah. Um, we're finally meeting each other in person and the world work is just so extraordinary at the moment. There's some amazing things going on at that level. So there you are. There's a very long answer to a very short question. No. The other thing about it, though, is that actually I have never felt quite in business like I fitted in. And, you know, as a woman with lots of children, I've always worked in marketplaces as a publisher where women weren't really. So I worked, for example, as a publisher of the engineering division at Centaur <laughs> Publications. Um, where the only women there were the assistants and all the men were in their 60s. And mm, I right. came in at 28 as a publisher and they all went, oh my gosh, not only is she a woman, but she's a baby woman. <laughs> so for me, <laughs> it was very much coming into a marketplace where I really felt I got it. I felt that I, I understood working in business and not really being seen and not being appreciated. Yeah and not being a square peg in a round hole, if you like. And it was yeah. a real thing for me to think, well, actually, if I get this right, I could change the working lives of half a billion people. Yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? That, that feeling. Exciting yeah. vision, really yeah. exciting, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. feeling of being able to effect such big change. And I've seen that. I mean, I can see in the in the groups that I'm in, um, I'm in the executive Facebook group and the LinkedIn group and the quality of the people in there is amazing and I, I put a post in one of them and I'm going to mention it again here on air so we have been watching the West Wing for the first time mm. we've never watched it before and the thing that has struck me right the way throughout and it's probably because I am focused on assistance is the pivotal role that those executive assistants have to their directors, bosses, policy people, the, the president of the United mm -hmm. States, they couldn't do their job without these assistants. They just couldn't, you know. Um, it, it recently, in, in the episodes that we just uh, watched, if you've watched it, Josh Lyman, who is the policy director, his PA left him and went to work for somebody else and he's completely lost. And he, you can see it, he doesn't know what to do. And it's fantastic. And it's, it really is a brilliant um, in, demonstration of how important that assistant role is, definitely. I feel very blessed because actually in my role as publisher, I have managed to interview and to spend time, a lot of time with some of these assistants that work at that level. Mm. And in fact, you know, when I say to people, I run a magazine for assistants, they go, oh, really? And I sometimes sit there and think, oh my word, you have no clue. These people right. are just so extraordinary. But then I also do have a front row seat in history. You know, I've interviewed Obama's assistant. I've interviewed wow. Mandela's assistant, Archbishop Desmond Tutu's assistant, Oprah's <sighs> assistant, Bill Gates's assistant, you know? And actually, um, 
I'm not letting out secrets because I know we're broadcasting next week and I'm announcing it on Monday. <laughs> but um, the headliner for the big conference that we've got coming up in March, who I've just secured, was Princess Diana's personal aide. Oh, wow. So, and he is extraordinary. In fact, he's currently a character on The Crown and he's also an advisor on The Crown. But um, his stories is that because he wasn't just her personal aide, he looked after her PR as well. And he was responsible for that picture of her in front of the Taj Mahal. Yeah. Um, uh -huh. but he talks about etiquette and the way to support somebody at a level to make sure that they feel like you've got them and you're not going to drop them. Yeah. And I think I've, I've interviewed him a couple of times um, for other um, conference organizers, but we finally managed to get him to do one for us. And I'm really excited. Oh, that sounds phenomenal. That wow. sounds Gosh. amazing. Just imagine being an assistant at that you know, that very elite level. I mean, it's Mandela and all of those hugely iconic people. It, it's extraordinary. Wow. Yeah, yeah it's, it's wonderful. But actually, what's so interesting, I did um, a series of interviews, actually, with some of the really, really top ones. And one of the questions I asked them was, what advice would you give a new assistant coming into it? Mm. And four of the five that I interviewed for that series said, roll up your sleeves and do whatever it takes because that's what gets you noticed. Don't feel like anything is beneath you because the yeah. way I got to this position was to come in at the lowest level and even when I got to a higher level for my executive to feel that it didn't matter what they asked me to do, I got on with it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's really true. And that actually follows on uh, last week's episode. Uh, we interviewed Daniel Skirmer, who you know. Oh, I love Daniel. He's Daniel. fabulous. My favourite people in the industry. Yeah, he's fabulous. And, and that tenacity that he showed in his yeah. journey, to use that very long you overused journey word but but that's it he was prepared to do whatever it took to get a position doing what he wanted to do and I think that is a, a key message to any business person whether you are an employed business in a business or as our VA listeners are they're running their own business and if you're running your own business you have to do everything to begin with yeah so and I think that tenacity is so important as well you know when I first started this business I was at home, I really wasn't very well. I knew what I was doing, because by that point, having been working for mm -hmm. you know, 24 years, it was like writing a shopping list, putting it together. But doing that with flair was probably not something that I was capable of doing at that point. And I was still stuffing envelopes on the floor of my kitchen and walking them down to the post office mm -hmm. in a granny trolley, you know, and sending out the magazines that way. And I think you just have to get brave. Yeah. And for me, we were... <laughs> We started in 2011. In 2013, we were nominated for Business Magazine of the Year with wow. four other magazines. And at that point, I sat there laughing my head off because I just <laughs> thought, actually, we're up against some of the major publishing houses in the UK, and I'm still stuffing magazines from my kitchen floor. But we built a business that looked like yeah. it was an international business on the surface. And I think just going out and asking the top people whether they'll write for you, asking the top people whether they would speak for you. You know, if somebody said it's this amount of money and you didn't have it, being absolutely honest and saying, I will come back to you, but I have far too much respect for you to waste your time. So, you know, but it, it's it's understanding your product and how good you are yeah, and driving that forward, I think. Mm, yeah, and I think that's a good point for, for any business to to know. And, you know, VAs, 
PAs, EAs, you know, to value yourself. And mm. yes, I mean, you mentioned how many free, free talking gigs you did last year, and I do a lot of free stuff as well. And yeah. you just hope that on the back of that free stuff, somebody somewhere will buy something that you put out there. But, um, but it's important and it's important to show up and add value and, and just be consistent and, and get your name out there. And that's whether you're a very small business or even a very big business. The only difference is they've got a lot of money they can throw at the PR machine. Well, yes, but actually, you know, I think authenticity counts for a lot. For me, the assistant particularly can sniff out somebody that isn't who they say they are in two paces, you know? Yeah. And if you are saying that you stand for something, unless you're utterly authentic and carry that into every area of your life, then people will see it very quickly. My grandfather, when I was 18 and I first went into business and I said to him, what advice would you have for me? Because my parents were both um, in television and theater and things. So they didn't have any business experience. So I went to granddad and said, okay, what, what? And he said to me, there are only two rules in business. The first is that you do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it. And the second is that if that becomes impossible, you let the other person know before it becomes a problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I've always stuck to that. And it's fantastic advice. Yeah, I think that's, I think that is phenomenal advice because sometimes things are outside your control and you, you generally can't deliver what you thought you could deliver. And, and it's how you handle that. Uh, I know when something, you know, when you get bad, a bad, bad service from somebody, it's how mm. they handle the response to your complaint yeah. that will determine whether you stay a customer or not, or whether you'll come back to them or not whether you'll trash them online or not so yeah yep. yeah really really important that's really good advice do you have any advice or top tips for our VA community because a lot of our VAs will have started life as an executive assistant or a personal assistant and have got tired of the nine to five and the re relentless pace because of it just doesn't suit them anymore not because they don't like what they do so have you got any tips for them about leaving corporate and going off on their own? Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, I think the first thing that I will say, and I will come back to running your own business in a moment. Yeah. Um, but the first thing I'll say is that Matthew and I have worked virtually for the last nine years. And I know he isn't a virtual assistant. He is an assistant that works virtually. Yes. Um, and there is a big difference. However... Mm -hmm. What I would say is that we do our daily huddles every day. Every morning we do morning prayers and we have 10 minutes. It's the most important meeting of my day. And it means that we're on the same page and we get through an inordinate amount of stuff because it is 10 minutes every day. And what it means is that he can then get on and do his job. So to me, you might have multiple clients, but make sure that you're meeting with them and that the communication is good. I think communication and the systems is absolutely key. And I know that Matt and I go backwards and forwards on email. We see each other face to face like this on a daily basis. But I also know that if he's got something urgent, it pops up in WhatsApp because that is, <laughs> that's code yeah. red. Yes, yes. In WhatsApp. Um, yeah. But if the communication is wrong, it's going to go down the toilet very, very quickly. Yeah. As far as running your own business is concerned, for me, I think that it is about working hard. I don't, I, and I know that sounds really basic, but the harder you work, the luckier you're going to get. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I am constantly mm -hmm. head down and tail up and working in the business as well as on the business. Yeah. And I think, you know, I 
<laughs> I had a conversation quite recently with somebody who is really high profile as an entrepreneur who said to me that their friend, who is Jeff Bezos, who obviously started mm -hmm. Amazon, said that for an entrepreneur, there are only two states. One is abject terror and the other is euphoria. <laughs> I think I'd and go I, with that. Yes. And actually, it was a huge relief. I went, seriously? And 10 years in, I'm better at it. Things that would have totally thrown me off course and sent me into a meltdown in the beginning. Now I look at and I go, well, I've done that and I've got through that. So, yes, that's quite terrifying, but let's just get on with it. You know, it's about taking a deep breath and understanding that it's now your responsibility. And if you put your head in the sand, it's not going to go away and it's going to become a problem. Yeah. But the other side of that is the euphoria when you do something amazing and knowing that it's all down to you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. How does that resonate with you, Joe? Yeah, totally. Because, you know, as a, as a small business owner, going through that start phase, then sort of building and changing and evolving, you're always either doing the next evolution and thinking, my God, where's the next set of clients coming from? Then they arrive and then it's like, oh, and then it's the, it's the whole kind of mishmash. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Totally get that. It, you yeah. know, and it makes me feel a little glad in my heart that somebody of Jeff Bezos's ilk is, is sort of talking about the ups and the downs and, and you know, because I wouldn't have expected a man. He's probably done it years ago, but I would not expect it now because his business is part of our fabric really now, or it feels that way, doesn't it? Yes, but it's still terribly personal, isn't yeah. it? Because yeah. to me, my business is my baby and it always yes. has been. And yes. I love it and I nurture it and I adore it. And when something goes wrong, I take it terribly personally. Yeah. I think, I yeah. think it's down to me. I must have been a terrible person or I must have missed something. And actually, business is business. Yeah. It's yes. about understanding that you <laughs> have to sail your way through it. Do you know, somebody said to me this week, and I, I just have to share this with you, and this isn't anything to do with business, but I love it. I know we all know this analogy of um, the duck on the water and the yeah. duck and the legs going like crazy. Yeah. And looking like this, new. this woman said to me this week, the executives of the duck and the assistance of the legs. legs. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah. And I thought, I love, I've, I've, I've heard the analogy, but I've never heard it put quite like that before. Yeah. And she's totally right. Totally, totally yeah. right. Totally right. And, and I like what you said about Matthew, that he is an assistant who works virtually. And I think that some of the terminology and some of the labels that we now use for a job, and you said there were 167 job descriptions? Uh, 162 job titles. That 162, we've been yeah. yeah. And I, I think that kind of people hear virtual assistant and, you know, they maybe think of a robot somewhere, um, yes, you know, yeah. art, artificial intelligence. Um, yeah. But really a virtual assistant is just an assistant who works virtually. Absolutely. That's, that's well, what you know. I think especially since the pandemic and people are working from home, you hear people calling themselves virtual assistants. And I say, well, you're not a virtual assistant. A virtual assistant is somebody who runs their own business, who has to do their own marketing and their own sales and has to manage their own yes. accounts. And there's a big difference between that and working for somebody, for example, like PwC yeah. from home yes. and having a regular wage and basically doing the job of an EA, but doing that from home. Yeah. 
you know, I, I don't know if you remember, but when we started Executive Secretary, about two years in, we started a magazine called The Virtual Assistants as well. Mm. Um, and that only lasted a year. But it lasted a year mainly because the virtual assistants didn't want to um, invest in themselves. And because it was, you know, it was all kind of startup business related, but so many of them were confused about what the role actually yeah. was and would come back and say, well, you've done this article on marketing or sales, but that isn't me. I'm an assistant. And I say, well, yes, but actually now you're a business owner and you really need to get yourself in a mindset. And it was funny because when we started that magazine, it was last recession. So around about 10 years yeah. ago. And last recession, the same thing happened as is happening now, which is that loads of assistants were let go. They went, I know what, I'm going to start my own virtual business without understanding the implications of that yeah. and what they needed to do in order to survive that. And about a year down the line, they went, actually, this is too hard. I'm going to go back into the office here. Yeah. So mm, yeah. worth remembering that, you know. Yeah are out there and you've just started as a virtual assistant fantastic you know but you do actually have to understand that this is your business it clients are not just going to come to you yeah absolutely yeah. we talk about this a lot on the podcast don't we Joe? Yeah. we have to go out and get them we have to go i think i think it's um it's a very different mindset and i think you'd agree isn't it lucy between being an assistant that works virtually with the PAYE and a virtual assistant who actually runs a business. And one of the topics of conversation that um, I've seen in one of the VA groups that I belong to is um, somebody saying that they were expecting to be able to mirror their corporate PA role in the virtual world and finding it a complete shock because all of a sudden where they'd only got four hours of billing time in a day once they've done all the other things that managing a business um yeah. and, and so there was that mindset you know discussion that went on off the back of that so yeah, yeah very interesting but also all the things that come with running a business like having to register yourself as a business and do your yeah. own tax and do yeah. get your insurances straight and all that stuff yeah. and you can get into a whole heap of trouble if you don't get that stuff right yeah, as well absolutely yeah. Yeah. That, so. Totally, totally. I'm lucky. I'm married to my accountant. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> so is Joe. <laughs> Are you excellent? That was good planning. It was, wasn't it? It was. It was. So, how have you found the move to Spain? What prompted the move to Spain? Ah, so Spain is um, my happy place. We came to my husband and I have been married now for twenty years, and. Um, we, as I said earlier, between us have seven kids. So it was year 10 before we got to go on honeymoon. And at that <laughs> point, we had no money at all. And I looked on a site which was a precursor to Airbnb. And uh, I think it was called HomeAway. Anyway, found this apartment, which was beautiful, that had an infinity pool that went out over the side oh. of the mountain um, nice. at the beach. And uh, it was beautiful. And we spent a week there. First time, by the way, in 10 years, we'd actually had a weekend away together. Um, anyway, came back the next year with the family because we loved it so much. And then the year after I wanted to come back, but actually we couldn't find anywhere that was affordable. So I started having a look around at residential property because it seemed to be so much less expensive. And it ended up that renting somewhere for a year was only a thousand pounds more a year than um, renting for two months in the summer. So um, we've had our apartment here ever since. And last year I only spent 12 weeks in London so it just seemed really stupid having this cottage in London 
the firm was costing me a fortune and never being there. Yeah. And actually, you know what? We've got our apartment here in Spain. We've got my son's apartment. We've got two offices, one which is the one I'm in now, which is for webinars, and the other one with the sales team in it. And it's still costing me less than the cottage in London. Yeah. So, you know, really good business decision, I think, to say yeah. we're coming here. Not least because my husband retired last year. He's turned 71. And uh, it means we get to spend some quality time together. COVID is here. It's, um, it's, it's not in lockdown like it is in the UK. We can still go to restaurants and things. Um, although it's only four people per table and the restaurant's now shut at five. So you have to go at lunchtime. And we're on curfew from 10 at night until six o'clock the following morning. But actually we've got blue sky, we've got sun. I feel very, very blessed indeed to be doing yeah. this part of my yeah. life here in Spain. Yeah. And yeah. you can still work because of the joy of the internet. Well, I'm not sure joy is the right word, but you know, you can still work. It's, it's not like it was, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago where, you know, you went abroad, you couldn't work, could you? Because oh, there was no... Well, you know, last year when I was traveling so madly, and actually I have to say, I'm really quite pleased to have stopped for a little mm. bit. It has given me an excuse to have my feet on the ground. Um, but last year when I was traveling so madly, there were times where I was putting the magazine to bed at two o'clock in the morning, having been yeah. speaking at a conference all day. Yeah. You know, it, it, you're right. Having the internet means you can be somewhat of a nomad and run the business from wherever you are. Yeah, no, that's 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 brilliant. Yeah, I mean, living in in your happy place is really important. We are, are, are I'm in my happy place. I think my husband's in in my happy place as well. But <laughs> I think he's happy here too. Um, but yeah, so yeah, it's it's really important. And we have also we have a lovely apartment overlooking the sea. Um, yeah. At the moment, it's grey and rainy and horrible today. But oh, no, that's uh, yeah. unusual for Israel. Well, it is January the 14th today, so it's not actually. January, February is the winter, and yeah. uh, it can get very wet. And when it rains here, it really pelts down. It's like oh, yeah. torrential. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what Spain's like, but the apartments here are not built for cold weather because nine, ten months of the year, it's hot. And so yeah. our, our apartment is fabulous in the summer because it's cool. But in the winter, I mean, I've got a thick jumper on today. My husband still walks around in a T-shirt, but he's always hotter than I am anyway. But uh, it, it can get really hard. And there isn't central heating. We've got the air conditioning, which can be flipped to be heating. But it's not, you know, it's not the same as proper central heating. But yeah, it's really the same. We had yeah. five days rain last week, and it's the first time it's really rained since we've been here. And the rain is torrential. I mean, yeah. We're, yeah. we're very lucky because we have the Mongo, which is the mountain, which blocks most of the weather. But this got through and we have no heating either. I have been frozen. Yes. And I've got friends in London going, ha, huh, frozen. You know, <laughs> we're at minus three. And I'm saying, <laughs> I know, but we have no heating. Yeah. Ladies, I was about to just say, um, I'm looking out the window and it is grey. It hasn't really brightened up since I got up this morning when we first spoke. It is stopped raining for the first time today. But it is one of those, you know, those miserable British <laughs> wet days where it doesn't rain, it rains, and then it kind of has that wet mist that you yeah. constantly walk through. Yeah, That's horrible. what we've got today. So, ladies, you're doing fine. <laughs> people smiling. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. Are you, are you in, are you, you're near Alicante, aren't you, Lucy? Yes. 
I'm in between Alicante and Valencia and the apartment's about 100 metres from the sea. So it's just beautiful. As I say, I do feel hugely blessed. We were meant to come here in April and we got locked down in London and actually um, we had to move out of our house because there were other people moving into it. And I really had no clue what was going to happen at all. And very luckily my church picked it up and said, we have a house that is in a terrible state, but if you want it, can you go to Spain, you can have it. And my husband wow. being a builder went in and redid the entire thing. And we were there until August, so April to August. Very nice in Richmond, walking around Richmond Park every day, but a little bit up in the air. And we actually managed to put on Global, our conference, from that house, I have wow. absolutely no clue how we did it. No wow. clue. <laughs> you know, that's what I mean. If you're an yeah. entrepreneur, you look at something and you go, okay, that's a problem. How do I solve it? You yeah. don't look at it and go, that's a problem. Ah. No. <laughs> you, just, yeah. you just get on with it. And, you, and uh, yeah, it, it's true. And when you're entrepreneurial also, you're always looking for the next thing. Thing. so yeah. what's the next thing I can do what's the next thing I can promote what's the next thing I can help people with and yes. uh, and that's that's hugely exciting as well hugely no, exciting. The, my problem isn't that I don't have ideas my problem is that I have so many ideas <laughs> and they're all I mean I, I, I could show you the pile of papers that I've got with notes on that I made over Christmas that I need to um type up but it's we have so much stuff coming this year it's just ridiculous and actually I think before we start announcing all of it I said let's just hold fire and announce things one at a time in case it all gets a little bit too much yeah yeah yeah, yeah um, I think that's true I have got I treated myself at Christmas and you might find this useful Lucy it's called a rocket book oh yes they're and the microwavable you- ones right no, 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 no. I haven't got one of those. This is one that comes with a cloth, right? And you write in it, you have to use one of these special friction pens, but you write in it and then it links to my OneDrive. Oh, love. Or my Outlook or my Trello board. There's, there's about half a dozen electronic sort of tools that I can link it to, including my Outlook. You write in it with your friction, take a photo of it with the app on your phone, upload it, you wipe the book with water, just a damp, just this special damp cloth, and you reuse it. No more paper, notes, oh. scraps on the desk. How <laughs> amazing. I have to tell you, I've just used Otter. Have you come across Otter? Otter yes. AI. Yeah, I've just used Otter to write my book, which is with the editor, because we've got my course, my modern day assistant course, which is coming out any minute. We've, we filmed it at the end of last year and it's been edited. But literally, I sat there with Otter, played it, it yeah. recorded it, and now it's gone off to my editor for editing. I didn't have to write a thing. It's great. Yeah. You can do that in Word, you know. There's dictation in Word. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I, I just found the punctuation better in otter i tried both to start yeah. with but i'll tell you what i don't half waffle when i sit there and I, it all turns into you know they take the training that you're speaking and they turn it into a book it, uh, yeah I, I was suddenly aware of how much i chat <laughs> well i know for all my courses most of my videos i've my lessons have three have two versions they have a, a version without captions and a version with captions and then there's a transcript and i hate reading the transcripts i won't edit the transcripts anymore because if somebody really wants to read it they can read it yeah. and uh, it's just 
it's literally everything that you say. I try and space it a bit and make it look a bit pretty. But if I was to spend the time editing the transcripts as well, the course would never see the light of day. <laughs> but most people, I'm sure people don't even read the transcripts. They're much like more likely because the video's got the, the, the screen sharing. So, you know, why would they just read the transcript? But yeah, it's, it's, it is funny when you do that and you, you see what you sound like. Yeah, Thank the Lord for Alistair, who is based in Sofia in Bulgaria, who is currently wading his way through that stuff. So I do that. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. So is your book to go with the course? Yes. I just decided, I mean, I, it's 10 years and I keep saying I'm going to write a book of my course that I do. And it just seemed stupid not to do it at the same time when we were doing it on demand. So, yeah, you know, it's, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, no, it's it's great. It's great. Writing books, hard work, but great at the end of it. So I think we've we've waffled quite a lot and it's been absolutely fascinating talking to you today, Lucy. And I'm sure that our listeners are going to really enjoy hearing all about you and your journey and all the things that you do, which is great. And um, I said to Matt, if there's anything that you want us to publicize to our audience, uh, we can add that to the web page that goes with the episode so uh, so I'm going to share some some things for for our listeners for some of the conferences that are coming up this year so that's really cool and this episode will be going out on the 1st of March so yes so we we do batch recording we like to keep our time um, efficient and mm. that's the way that we find the best because then there's an awful lot that goes into producing it once it's been recorded as our listeners have heard me say before so I'm not going to repeat myself so thank you ever so much for coming Lucy it's yeah. been a real pleasure it's thank been you, a Joe. joy to meet you lovely to meet you too Joe. and thank you so much indeed Shelley for the invite oh you're welcome welcome back listeners and we just had such fun there chatting with Lucy Brazier of March and Publishing and Executive Secretary Magazine. What did you think, Joe? Because you'd not met Lucy before. I just thought she was really, really uplifting and inspiring. And before Lucy came into the meeting, I said to you, what is it about somebody who has no obvious connection other than maybe having worked with an associate, uh, sorry, an assistant, that makes her so passionate about supporting and um, growing the role and the the sort of what's what's the word I'm looking for? It's gone from my head. It's that time of day, but the, the whole persona of the the yeah, assistant yeah. and what an assistant can do for you. That's you know that's really really inspiring. And before even before I spoke to you, because I didn't know her, I looked up um, some of her stuff and I looked up some of the articles and plans that she's got and it's it's just jaw-droppingly exciting yeah. what she will do for the assistant industry yeah. really really is yeah her conferences are fantastic and they run like clockwork uh, very very professional um, I, I first met Lucy, I think, at the PA show mm. if not I met her through another lady called Sue Ferrance who I met at a conference I spoke at Oh, uh, yeah, a long time ago, and yeah. uh, and I've been kind of uh, we, we've been in touch, and then I spoke, as we said, at Execsec Tech, yeah, uh, in September. Whilst I was in the states, that ran, 
So uh, that was quite that was quite interesting. Uh, yeah. Although all those sessions were pre-recorded, which I mean, I'm so thankful that it was uh, and not live, which was it would have been that because yeah. I was like in the middle of the night. So uh, so there we go. But yeah, no, I'm, and I think there were even though we weren't really talking about VAs per se. Yeah, I think there were a lot of lessons on on running your business. Yes. which a VA is a business owner. We did talk about that, yeah. that, that Lucy shared. And I loved her grandfather's tips, didn't you? Yes, they were really, really, actually uh, just fundamentals, I think. Yeah, do what Absolutely you say you're going to do. Yeah. And if you can't do it, tell them before it becomes a problem. Absolutely yeah. essential. And it is that thing of, if there is a problem, it's how you handle a problem yeah. that is how you're clients will stay with you if you brush it yeah. onto the carpet or pretend it's not your fault or whatever yeah. they won't they will go they will they will they will walk off so yeah. yeah it was a fascinating fascinating interview and an interesting also somebody who has up sticks and moved to another country we keep coming yeah. across this don't we in the podcast yeah. and and she's still running her business very successfully the other thing that i thought was really really interesting and Again, I'm not a PA, I've never been a PA, but her most important meeting of the day was that 10 minute session that she has with her assistant every single day. And I think that from a VA perspective, obviously we're not full time, possibly we might only be doing a couple of hours, but it's how do we as business owners with retainers or regular customers apply that 10 minutes a day communication that sets up our relationship with our client and and that may be the weekly talk or the the monthly or whatever I have I have an idea about that something that I've seen in one of the groups one of the executive secretary magazine groups that I am fortunate to be included in um, because this comes up a lot where you have uh, an assistant executive or a PA saying how do I keep up with my executive or my director And if you can't have a physical meeting with them every day, and a VA, that's not realistic. If you're doing three hours yeah. a week, you're not going to spend 10 minutes out of that three hours in a meeting. Yeah. But what you could have is a summary email so that each day you set up a quick step email in Outlook, for example, and you summarize for that client what you've done for them each day, what's coming up, what needs attention, what information you need. And if you make that part of your communication process, then your client will get to appreciate that that you are foreshadowing any issues. So yeah. you are preventing, you, you're, you're doing preventative medicine, if you like. Yeah. Um, so you could do that at the end of the day, or you could make it the first thing of the day. But I think when you onboard a client, maybe you should say to them, look, this is my part of my process. I will be sending you a daily, bi-daily, three times a week, whatever, whatever, yeah. whatever works, mm. you know, update to make sure that our lines of communication are always open and that I know what's going on. I know that as somebody who has a VA, um, that's hugely important to me because I want to know what my VA is doing or how many, you know, if I've got her on a retainer for so many hours a month, um, I don't want to always be having to ask how many hours we've got left. Yeah, I'd like to get a weekly report that says, right, we've got four hours left or we've only used half an hour. Do you need any extra things done? And I think those are the kinds of things that make you more valuable to your clients. I mean, I'm speaking here as somebody who uses a VA. 
Yes. And that's yes. what I would want. Now, obviously, yes. there are going to be other clients that won't want that. Um, yeah. But I think that's one of the things that you could check with a client whether that would be useful. Does, yeah. does that does that make I mean, you do different things because you work yeah. on a project basis. Yeah. But then even if you've got a project and you know that project's going to take you a month. By the time I, have, I, I have reporting points built into the plan, whether it is a 30 minute sort of update Zoom call um, or whether it's just at X point, Y amount of work of the project will have been completed. Or usually what I do is I work back from the target date. So the client will say, I'm launching this on the 1st of January so we need to work back right this is going to take six weeks because we need this and then we you know all that that kind of planning goes into it and there are you know review points where it could be, yeah review points milestones a conversation again there's a flexibility there because some clients will just say yeah just get on with it and send me an email when it's up to date or whatever yeah. Um, and then others who will want to be hands on and in there and have a demonstration of how far you've got and all of those sorts of things. So, yeah, it is. It is. But I'm quite familiar with the, the idea of the milestone, you know, with, as a project manager. So yeah. that really sounds quite sensible. And quick steps, as you will well know, are just a joy to work with once you get them set up and running and, you know. Yeah, and you just set up a standard email, which is your reporting email, set it up and just send it up, you know, whatever. I, I think it should be part of your onboarding sequence. I mean, I'm not a VA trainer. I don't know, but I'm talking as somebody with a VA. This is what I would like. Um, yeah. You know, I would like to know maybe every week how far we've got, because often I will have extra things. Maybe I'll do a new social media campaign or maybe I'm doing something else. And I know how much time that eats up. And mm. sometimes I'm not sure if I've got enough time left in my budget. Yeah. Do I need to budget for extra time? You know, yeah. I'm not averse to paying for what I need to pay yeah. for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. just being it's, it's knowledge. Knowledge is yeah. power. Whoever said yes. that was absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. So I think I think that's something that 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 one could do. Um, yeah. If you have a retainer client, then you agree however much information yeah. you're going to report. You know, like I know I get an update at the end of the month. You know, we use this many hours and we did this, this, and this. But maybe it would you know be useful to know a bit more. And I do find myself sending a a quick a quick Teams message. You know, how many hours have we got left for the rest of the month? Because I've come up with a new idea. I mean, it's not my VA's fault that I've yeah. come up with a new idea. <laughs> that, yeah. That's me, but that, that's the way that's the way I work. So I think that's kind of, um, that's how you could do that equivalent of the daily huddle um, yeah. with your assistant. And, and I think some VAs do work, you know, on many hours. I mean, we've, we've had people who have 20 hours a week with one client. Yeah. Um, and if you have 20 hours a week with somebody, you really can do 10 minutes a day on setting up your priorities and what needs to be done because that also changes yeah. you know from the client perspective what I said to you that I want done first yesterday may have changed by today yeah so yeah. I think I think that is that boils down to that communication that we yeah. talk about a lot yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's just been another great episode I'm not going to talk about anything Microsoft today I think we've waffled on 
long enough and um it's just well, we, been we fun. did get quick steps in didn't we we did we did manage <laughs> to mention quick step we did um but listeners this episode's going out on the first of march so it's the first of march today when you hear this by now my powerpoint course there i did have to get something in didn't i my uh, my latest perfect powerpoint presentation power perfect oh put your teeth in shelly perfect powerpoint creation course um if it's not out yet it will be imminent uh, by then. I've got various other things that I'm doing. I'm doing a couple of webinars in February and March for different organisations. I've got lots of virtual live training going on as well. So it's rather busy in my neck of the woods uh, going forward, but that's how we like it, isn't it? Absolutely. Keeps us busy and out of mischief. Yeah, especially when there's a lockdown. We're still in lockdown, so we may as well do stuff. Anyway, yeah. Joe, it's been a great pleasure. Until the next time we meet to record and listeners, Shelley at tomorrowsva.com is my email address, joe at jlbsupportsolutions.co.uk. Virtually Amazing on Facebook is the Facebook page. As ever, if you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, do let us know and we'll see you next week. You have been listening to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with Shelley Fischel and Joe Brianti. We will be back with you again next week with yet another amazing episode. See you then.